Raspberry Pi with Robots, the podcast for news and views on robotics. Hi and welcome to the Robots Podcast. My name is Jana and in this episode we're talking about the popular single board computer Raspberry Pi and its use in the inspiring educational robot Tiddlybot. The Raspberry Pi is essentially a credit card sized computer with pretty much all the capabilities of a full-sized model. Due to its affordability and flexibility, the Raspberry Pi has been used in various projects, including by a small robotics startup called Agilic, to build their low-cost educational robot, Tiddlybot. Our interviewer, Abata DeMay, spoke to Harry G, founder of Agilic, about his company, about creating a robotics startup, and about the robots that he designed using Raspberry Pi and Pi Zero. Hello. Welcome to the Robots Podcast. My name is Abate, and I'm here with Harry G. from Agilic. Harry, could you please introduce yourself? Sure. Hi, everyone. My name is Harry G. I'm a director and founder of a company called Agilic Limited, based in Bristol in the UK. Thank you. Uh, could you tell us a little bit more about your startup? So I started my company a couple of years ago now, uh, after I built a educational robot and I was invited to a new technology incubator at the Bristol Robotics Lab, which is one of the biggest um, research facility for robotics in the world. And um, so they wanted to support um, new people doing, creating new products and services in robotics. And they, they chose to back me and support me to develop my, my work there. How was your experience working in an incubator? Uh, it's Yeah, it was very lively. There were lots of uh, very creative people there. Um, and the whole community at the lab was very diverse. People from all over the world, uh, very friendly, very generous with their time and their energies. Um, so it was very, we we're in a kind of old disused space, which wasn't um, too smart. Um, it was quite, there weren't any windows and there were, we, we very quickly filled it with machines and 3d printers and electronics and other things. So it became a bit of, um, an interesting place to work. Um, but yeah, on the, on the whole, it's a very vibrant and, and creative space to, to start a business. Oh yes. I can imagine that there's a very good idea exchange in this environment. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, I mean, definitely you get, um, just the variety of different projects at the lab ranging from biological robots to humanoid to social robots to all kinds of specialisms. So, um, just the conversations you have in the canteen or you overhear, it's all, um, yeah, helps you kind of develop things in, in context, which is, which is nice. Mm -hmm. Could you please go into a little bit about what your robots look like? Uh, what your robots can do? So um, the robots I've created, have, uh, they're all based on the Raspberry Pi mini com computer, and that was the first initial idea um, 
I was actually helping run training workshops to help teachers learn about new computing and the Raspberry Pi. And I, um, I realized with uh, the teacher who was doing it that you make things physical and it becomes interesting. So I, um, they're very small. They're, I was looking at very low-cost um, pieces of hardware and sensors in order to create the um, robots. So price was a real sensitive issue. So um, so that became the ingredients. And then I designed um, a character around um, the, the, the components and the hardware. And so with the body, I, I tried to make the robot look a little bit cute, a little bit like Wally, some people say. Um, a kind of stripped down version they're, they're made of wood as well the, the body pieces are made from laser cut um, wooden birch plywood which gives it a certain look and feel as well um, so that was um, there's other robots I'm, I'm building as well uh, a Mars a rover uh, inspired uh, kind of robot which is kind of uh, using gold perspex and other things but um, the other thing is we, we changed the look of them fairly regularly because they're based on 3d printed parts and laser cut parts so you can you can actually change the way they look to some extent why did you decide to use the raspberry pi um so this is i i went to a talk by the founder even upton um just before i started um the company and it was clear that it has um great momentum um, you know, a huge community. Um, I think they've they've sold over seven uh, seven million now, probably a little bit more than that. So um, it makes sense to not have to do the operating system and the main processing yourself. That it's, it's obviously um, as a small startup, there are massive overheads to doing that. So it it means. Um, you can get going and and it's also very cheap i mean the the price point was um groundbreaking and that's partly why it was so successful so it's almost like standing on the shoulders of a giant or a big piece of fruit yes i understand your design was based off of the previous raspberry pi the raspberry pi 2 and now there's uh the new raspberry pi pi zero which came out in october 2015 um, how, how does this affect your company? So, um, so I'm, I'm really, it was, I was very fortunate to, um, cause obviously it's, uh, if you, if you work in a ecosystem, which, uh, is out of your control, then you, you know, whether they discontinue a product or whether they bring out a new product, it, it affects you very significantly. So, uh, my company was agilic is the intention is, is, that it responds and that it's agile. So it, it became a, a great opportunity, the new Pi Zero. Um, I mean, $5 was, is, is the headline. The, a $5 computer system, which they gave away free on a magazine. I mean, it was in, completely incredible. And um, I, I think, you know, has huge potential about changing um, the accessibility of computer systems to you know a whole new generation so I, be, I feel very lucky in that we based it on the raspberry pi and that there's this new system coming out which is so much cheaper and more affordable so to get a clear idea the previous raspberry pi that you designed on how much did that cost 
Uh, so there's one, there's different versions, but they range from $30, the version 2, to uh, about $20, I think, is the A+. So, so you're going from, say, $30, $20 down to $5. So it's a big jump. Um, and it just, it means, you know, $5, you know, it's a packet of cigarettes or, you know, um, it, it's just so cheap that, you know, it means that um, anyone who would want to, you know, test one out or get into computing can, can now afford it. Yeah, how does this new uh, significantly lower? This is about four times uh, lower in price. How does this new advancement change your company's uh, selling point or your market? Um, so now, so yes, yeah, so we're um, the, the the first robot that we created. We're now porting that um, all the work we've done on that onto the new Zero platform, and so it means we can then offer it. Um, to the, the the wider world at a much lower cost, um, and we're also using it as an opportunity to simplify um, our electronics and our the unique parts about our products. So um, I, I feel it'll help um, create a much stronger product, and again, go with the the flow of the zero in terms of becoming a lot more accessible and low cost to the to the end user. Do you have any specific uh, designs that you're planning to come out with for the Pi Zero? Uh, yes, I've been working on uh, uh, two or three different uh, designs and products since uh, in the last two three months. So uh, yeah, watch this this space. They um, we should have things to release in March this year, March two thousand sixteen. So. And will they be similar in function to the Tiddlybot? Uh, they're gonna be a little bit different. I mean, similar in that they'll be build build your own robot kits. Um, the Pi Zero is much smaller and more compact, so equally uh, the new version is going to be smaller and more compact. Um, the um, we're thinking about getting. Um, I suppose one of the the, the advantages of the the Tiddlybot, or, or the the benefits, I suppose, is that it's a build experience. It's a robot you actually build together piece by piece. Um, we want to keep that um, because the zero is so small. Uh, we can actually simplify the design somewhat, and I'm, I'm thinking that that may not be the ideal because it's actually quite satisfying to have a kind of uh, an engaging build experience of the actual robot as well. So. We may have to kind of add some things in just to make it um, as satisfying in terms of building the actual robot. As you simplify the design, you can also increase the amount of functionality that you put onto the Pi Zero, maybe include some additional accessories to it? Um, so you you could. the um, So the, the kind of the character of the Tiddlybot was intended to be fun and simple so it's really an entry-level um, experience to get people who had never used computers before as young people or have certainly never built a robot or, or operated a robot to so I, we've wanted to keep it simple so simple is often better and um, I think it would be more kind of lead-on products 
uh, lead on products which will be designed to add functionality and more uh, features and sensors and actuators, things like that, to the actual robot. Mm -hmm. um, so you led a successful Kickstarter campaign for the Tiddlybot. Could you tell us some more about that? Uh, yeah, it was a very, um, I suppose, challenging experience. Um, it's been a very difficult one, if I'm completely honest. It's um, we had um, we launched it quite quickly. We developed the campaign in a, a very short period of time, uh, created the concept of the robot, and, and launched it, and it was successful. And then uh, this is the first time we. Or personally and as a group, we've developed a, a, an electronics product, um, let alone a robot and all the software and moving parts that that's also part of the system. And um, pretty early on, we, we ran into severe difficulties with the electronics uh, not working as we thought they would. Um, and, and that led to a, a whole host of different challenges of... Um, funding and time scale and development um so it actually cost it's ended up costing a lot more than we raised in the campaign um so it's been a, a continual challenge to to deliver that project so we've now done it um and i've been yeah i'm kind of proud that we've we've um, persevered and we've uh, moved through all the challenges to actually um, overcome all the issues. The with the kicks, there's always risk, you know, when you create a new product. And with the Kickstarters, you've um, you know that there is that very real risk that something um, doesn't go to plan. And um, and even if you think about that and you cost that and everything, there's still there's still risk. So um, it's been a a huge learning experience and I find that that's the true value of uh, this first project for us. Um, I wouldn't regret it in any way, but um, yeah, a, a tough uh, learning experience, I would say. How would you avoid these challenges moving forward? Um, so if, if I was giving advice or, or general advice, it's really to uh, make sure your prototype is thoroughly tested and um and also yeah don't rush be, be patient it's um obviously if you're a startup and you you need funding and you need um you want that audience you can you know you, you can be compelled to kind of rush into um engaging with you know serious obligations and things like that but i would be yeah always very cautious and and very patient and just test everything um you know really thoroughly before you you go ahead with anything how much of this design process did you decide to do in-house uh, in your company so again the, the kind of key ethos of the company was to to be agile and to not necessarily reinvent the wheel so we used um like um um, existing software as a basis and then we heavily customized that um, for the actual software we, we created um, and hardware as well we there was certain there was lots of unique design elements in the design of the chassis and the way the the robot is built and put together so there was some key design work going into that 
Um, the electronics was all fairly um, new and uh, we were the first to bring kind of lithium ion power to the Raspberry Pi through a, a mobile phone battery, um, which was a, a fair amount of work. Um, so, yeah, we did. The reason why it took so long as well, I, I think, um, was the amount of actual design work that, that we did in 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 very many areas from software to electronics to mechanical engineering to graphic design um, and you and a lot of user testing we ran many many workshops with the robot and the prototypes in order to change it and tweak it until we had a really good experience from the user aside from the hardware design what were some of the other aspects that your company had to focus on in order to make a successful product? So, um, so business is the, the key, I think, to um, successful product launches. It's about getting the finances right, um, getting the costings right. The um, There's also the, um, I suppose, working through the supply chain as kind of digital creatives and, and hardware creatives, you the actual work involved in, in bringing a product to market is is very different. It's about um, uh, finding the right suppliers, um, creating the the solid supply chain and um, and also getting the business side right. So um, getting all the, the contracts and um, and the team to actually uh, successfully bring a, a product to market. And after you bring this product to market, how do you keep the customers uh, coming back for more and really engaging with the robot that you designed? So, I mean, the, the aspiration, I mean, if, if customers have a good experience, they all come back. I think that's, um, as you know, as, as many very successful companies uh, would be, they can be fanatical about uh, customer service and that's you know behind the growth of Amazon and you could say Apple and, and other uh, great companies so um, you've got to be very um, respectful and um, really work hard for your customer in in a startup situation that's always challenging because it takes time uh, and often time is something you, you don't have so um, it's about creating good systems as well and good expectations um, so that uh, you can create. A, so one thing we created for the, the first product is a forum. So to um, create systems like forums can be great for um, helping users um, ask their own questions and get their own answers from building a community around your, your company as well. Mm hmm and could you give us a, a quick walkthrough of how to go from a robotics idea to a successful company like you have? So certainly you need something um, unique and of value. I think um, it, it's it's finding something which is universal or um, you know genuinely useful out there in the in the real world. And so once you've found that, or, or you're able to develop that. The, the real skill, I think, is then to communicate that to um, potentially investors or, or friends or 
potential customers or um, it's, it, I think you need to build a team in this day and age um, to do robotics. Um, I think, um, and that's what investors look for. They look for that kind of core team, those two, three people who um, work together well. Um, so team is very important. Um, and then having the, the, the thinking and the, um, the planning to how you can actually develop that from absolute nothing to something bigger. And um, you don't actually need money I don't think, um, to begin with, um, uh, maybe you need, you know, a few hundred dollars to create a prototype or something like that. Um, but I think the real importance is the drive and the attitudes and the, um, the awareness to actually know that this thing can work. And you've, you've also got the passion and the drive to see it through and, and see it through the hardships to, to get there. Um, and I think if you persevere and if you've got a genuinely good idea that, um, you know, the world can, can work with you and you can, um, you can bring it to life. Mm-hmm. Yes. And do you have any uh, final advice that you'd give to an aspiring entrepreneur who wants to enter the robotics field? I would say, uh, take your time. I think, um, the world of technology moves, is, moves so quickly that um, often you can feel compelled to kind of rush in and um, and rush things. So I think realistically it takes time to create a, a, a good business. It takes time to create a good team. It takes time to create a good product. So, um, you know, don't, don't be afraid to be patient and take your time. Um, and if I... Um, were to give myself advice from the start, I would say, yeah, don't, um, it, it's okay to take, um, two years to kind of build a company or, um, and, and so do things well and do things, um, you know, you can be sure of and, um, and I suppose, yeah, in, in, enjoy it as well. I think, um, the being creative at the start can be lots of fun, can create lots of energy uh, but the challenges of creating a business can be very difficult and very um, challenging at times. So you have to uh, be prepared for uh, the tough times. And um, so I suppose not taking anything too seriously um, really helps. Um, and um, and just um, I try and just day by day is just... Um, work a little bit better be a bit more focused um and a bit more productive every day and and just gradual improvements can actually over time create um huge results so um i think it as technology moves forward too it's often valuable to look into the future and actually see where things are going to be in a year um and then kind of make moves towards that then um I think lots of people can be left behind by just uh, working towards what they think is relevant now. And by the time they've actually created it or um, developed something of value, the, the world has moved on. So I think there's a great skill now in actually um, being aware of where, of the way technology is moving, the way robotics is changing and um, having that foresight to look into the future and, um, 
and make um, and being aware of how long it takes to actually uh, develop products and, and create businesses successfully. So um, if you bring all that together, then I think, um, yeah, you you, um, you can do very well. Interesting. Many people advise to decrease the time to market uh, as much as you can. Would you say that this is not a primary objective of a of a company or of your company? Um, I think that's obviously um, you need to you need to uh, make money as a company. You need to get to having a revenue stream. So that's um, so time to market is really important. There's no denying that. But how you actually uh, create those capabilities is is more about what I'm saying when I'm saying be patient. So you need the capacity to be able to design something quickly or to manufacture something quickly or to um, and and it takes time to actually learn all the interests in each of those areas. So or build a team uh, who can specialize in those different areas for you. So um, I mean, there's different some products suit. Um, kind of going to market quickly some products I think you know there's still a a lot of relevance for taking time you know even several years to to make the right kind of products so um, I don't think there's any one hard and fast uh, rule or or way of creating a a successful product and and it's more about finding your your kind of true value in your products and being guided by that I guess. That's very insightful. Thank you, Harry. Thank you for coming out tonight. Uh, Oh, it's a pleasure. And that's all for today. As always, you can get more information about this, any of our past episodes, as well as a wealth of other robotics topics by simply visiting roboharp.org. We'll be back in two weeks' time. Until then, goodbye. Raspberry Pi with Robots, the podcast for news and views on robotics. <laughs>